This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 134. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. So for today's episode, it is Sunday, February 28th, 2021, and as usual for Sundays, we are covering the weekly news and rumors roundup from the big four rumor sites. So let's head on over to Canon rumors and see what they have for us this week. Let's do this. All right. First up, the next Canon EOS R5 firmware update is coming soon. If people can't get a new camera, they definitely want some features added for the Canon EOS R5, R6, EOS 1D Mark III, Most of the talk I get is about firmware is for the EOS R5. Solid information about future EOS R6 and 1DX Mark III feature updates haven't been very fruitful. Firmware version 1.3.0 was supposed to be in the hands of external testers and reviewers sometime in February, and I've been told by a couple of people that this has yet to happen. As we continue to navigate the pandemic, additional challenges and delays can obviously be expected. I have been told that there are a couple of early April dealer events in regards to the new firmware in a couple of countries. This could be telling about the timeline for release. Another source also mentioned that Canon will add, quote, at least one new codec, end quote, but I wasn't given any additional information about this new codec. The next Canon EOS R5 firmware will include Canon Cinema Raw Light Edition, C-Log 3, 1080p at 120 frames, a new codec, and bug fixes. Again, I don't have any information about the firmware updates for the EOS R6 or the 1DX Mark III. So it sounds like Canon is working on some new firmware updates, at least for the EOS R5, and that they're going to add an additional video codec. That'll be exciting for those people that are using their R5 as a cinema camera. So we'll have to wait and see how things flesh out with this new firmware update that is being rumored. Hopefully, we'll get more information about it in the coming weeks. Next up, industry news. Blackmagic Design releases the final version of DaVinci Resolve 17. Blackmagic announced Resolve 17 back in November, and it has been in beta form ever since. The long wait for the final version is now over, and you can download DaVinci Resolve 17 for free over at Blackmagic Design's website. There are more than 300 new features, including HDR grading, AI magic mask, improved Fairlight usability, and improved editing, and much more. DaVinci Resolve 17's features, next-generation HDR color correction with customizable wheels and tonal zones, Mesh and grid-based color warper delivers an entirely new way to transform color. Magic Mask automatically automatic object isolation powered by the DaVinci Neural Engine. Improved color management with tone mapping and color space aware tools. 
massive DaVinci wide gamut color space for higher quality image processing, high speed audio editing with a new keyboard and mouse context sensitive tools, Fairlight audio core engine with auto load balancing and support for 2000 tracks, revolutionary Flexbus architecture for audio routing without limitations. Automatic transient detection uh, for beats, words, and sound effects. Support for massive audio projects with thousands of tracks on a single system. Timeline-based clip syncing to create multicam and compound clips. Alpha support for keying and compositing on cut and edit pages. Import and edit projects from A10 Mini Pro ISO. Proxy media workflows up to 1 16th resolution and H.264, 265, ProRes, or DNxHR. Metadata-based card view in media pool on cut page. Precision audio trimming on the cut page timeline and graphical trimmer. Smart reframe powered by the DaVinci Neural Engine on cut and edit pages. Live effect, title, and transition views uh, previews on cut and edit pages. Render in place command for effects heavy clips on cut and edit timelines. Make source side adjustments before editing clips into the timeline. Portable timeline and bin files for easy sharing. Native interlace processing in real time 3 2 pull down removal. Node tree bookmarks, customizable fusion bar, and vertical node layouts. Support for growing files in a media pool. Support for frame based metadata for. B-RAW, ARRI, RED, Sony, and EXR, workflow integration, and API, and third-party encoding API. So it's definitely some exciting news from DaVinci. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this segment, uh, the software is totally free. You can head on over to the Blackmagic Design website to download DaVinci and try it out for yourself. It is some pretty cool software. I don't use it for my video editing. I tend to stick with Final Cut. Uh, but their software is impressive and gives you a lot of additional functionality. Now, the rest of this article is quite lengthy, so I'm not going to read the entire thing off and bore my listeners. Uh, just know that if you head on over to the show notes, you can pull up the article, scroll down to the bottom, and you'll see the link to go directly to Blackmagic Design's website so that you can download DaVinci Resolve 17 for yourself absolutely free. Next up, stock notice. Canon EOS R5 with 24 to 105 F4L ISUSM at Adorama. Adorama has stock of this combo kit. The kit sells for $4,999. The Canon EOS R5 is still hard to find, but things should get better in that regard soon. Key features high image quality featuring a new 45 megapixel full frame CMOS sensor. Digic 10 image processor with an ISO range of 100 to 51,200, expandable to 102,400 Super Snowstorm. Dual pixel CMOS AF covering approximately 100% area with 1,053 autofocus points. Subject tracking of people and animals using deep learning technology. In body image stabilization can provide up to eight stops of shake correction. Dual card slots for CF Express and UHS-2 SD memory cards. Built-in 0.5-inch 5.76 million dot OLED EVF with a 120 frames per second refresh rate. 
that very angle LCD touchscreen, 2.4 and 5 gigahertz built-in Wi-Fi along with Bluetooth technology. And you can head on over to Adorama to try to pick up one of those uh, kit deals for yourself that are currently available on Adorama's website. Next up, review Canon RF70-200 F4L IS USM by The Digital Picture. Brian at The Digital Picture has completed his exhaustive review of the brand new RF70-200 F4L IS USM, a lens that really showcases Canon's ability to make new and unique designs for older, dependable lenses. It shouldn't shock us that Brian came away thoroughly impressed with the new offering from Canon and I personally can't wait to get my hands on one. From the digital picture, quote, the Canon RF70-200 F2.8 LIS USM was a game changer, and the RF70-200 F4 LIS USM is the same, taking the game down to a new size and low, uh, low weight. Those carrying this frequently needed telephoto zoom lens for extended periods will love this lens's new size and weight. As part of the Elite L series, the RF70-200 lens is extremely well built, including environmental sealing. As said before, this lens is ready for the rigors of daily uh, professional use. The smooth external design, smooth functioning rings, crisp switches, and tight tolerances make this lens a pleasure to use. And you can read his full review from the link in the show notes for this article. Stock levels for this lens are relatively low, but you should be able to find one at smaller retailers. And of course, that's all due to the current uh, uh, constraints on manufacturing due to this uh, global pandemic. Next up, Canon shows off their concept camera design story and introduces the posture fit. Canon today released the story of their concept camera designs over the years, three of which have become consumer products with the Ivy Rec, PowerShot Zoom, and PowerPick. Canon has now unveiled a new concept, the Posture Fit. The purpose of the Posture Fit concept is to improve your posture at your desk and to get you moving. When the Posture Fit sees that your posture is wrong, it will let you know. It will also let you know when you've sat for too long. If you don't want to watch the whole video above, you can see the Posture Fit announcement at the link in this article. The presentation is subtitled in English. Canon does say in this presentation that they don't know if it will actually reach market, but these ideas and new ways of thinking are sure to grow some creative engineers in the future. So it is interesting. I'm not exactly sure why somebody would need to buy a camera to watch their posture and let them know when they need to get up and move around because they've been sitting at their desk too long. You can get this same functionality from uh, your Apple Watch or a lot of these uh, smart wrist devices nowadays like the Fitbits and stuff like that. So why you would need a camera to tell you to get off your lazy butt and move around every so often, I have no idea. But interesting, if not weird. Next up, Samsung introduces a 1.4 micrometer 50 megapixel isocell GN2 with faster and more true-to-life autofocusing. Uh, let's see here. This looks interesting for sure. This was updated February 25th. Dual Pixel Pro technology utilizes 100 million phase detecting photodiodes that perceive phases both vertically and horizontally for faster and more accurate autofocusing. 
Staggered HDR solution brings richer detail and more vibrant colors than real-time HDR while reducing energy consumption by up to 24%. Samsung Electronics, a world leader in advanced micros, uh, advanced semiconductor technology, today introduced the Samsung ISOCELL GN2, a new 50-megapixel image sensor with a large 1.4-micrometer-sized pixels. With enhancements to its predecessor, the ISOCELL GN1, the GN2 offers up to 100 megapixel imaging, improved autofocusing through dual pixel pro technology, powerful staggered HDR, and vivid results through smart ISO Pro, regardless of the lighting environment. Quote, ISOCELL image sensors and its technology have made vast improvements to deliver the quality and performance one would expect from top-tier pro-grade cameras said Duk Yong Chang, Executive Vice President of Sensor Business at Samsung Electronics. Quote, Our new ISOCELL GN2 features Dual Pixel Pro, an innovative all-direction autofocusing solution that elevates the ability to capture moments as they unfold. Adding on Smart ISO Pro and a variety of advanced pixel technology, pictures from GN2 are more true to life than ever. End quote. The uh, 1.2-inch ISOCELL GN2 is a highly versatile image sensor when it comes to image resolutions. With 50 million 1.4 micrometer-sized pixels on hand, the GN2 offers exceptionally detailed photographs in regular settings. In low-lit environments, such as indoors, the sensor can simulate a larger 2.8-micrometer pixel with four-pixel binning technology to absorb more light, delivering brighter and sharper images. For those who appreciate more detail in photographs or are prone to post-processing, such as image cropping, the GN2 offers an option to take pictures in 100-megapixel resolutions. At 100-megapixel mode, the GN2 meticulously rearranges the color pixels using an intelligent re-mosaic algorithm creating three individual layers of 50-megapixel frames in red, green, and blue. These frames are then upscaled and merged to produce a single ultra-high 100-megapixel resolution photograph. The ISOCELL GN2 is Samsung's first image sensor to offer Dual Pixel Pro, the company's most advanced phase detection autofocus solution yet. By employing two photodiodes within every pixel of the image sensor, Dual Pixel Pro makes use of 100 million phase-detecting agents for ultra-fast autofocusing. In addition, the solution also offers all-direction focusing by splitting the pixels not only vertically, as with Dual Pixel, but also diagonally. This diagonal cut allows the focusing agents to better recognize the top and bottom of the frame, allowing the sensor to get in focus quickly even when there are no pattern changes in a horizontal direction. Low-light focusing and tracking of moving objects are improved as well, as every pixel of the sensor works as a focusing agent. For taking pictures in mixed-light environments, such as sunset or indoors with daylight coming through a window, the GN2 increases its dynamic range with a staggered HDR feature, a time-multiplexed HDR technology that uses rolling shutters over the same pixel array to capture multiple frames in short, middle, and long exposures. By maximizing the dynamic range, staggered HDR ensures rich detail and vivid colors in highlights and dark shadows within the scene, making it an ideal solution for shooting high-contrast sites. 
Staggered HDR is able to reduce the energy consumption of a sensor by up to 24% when compared to the predecessor's real-time HDR mode, contributing to the improved energy efficiency of the overall system. The GN2 also comes with Smart ISO and Smart ISO Pro. Smart ISO intelligently sets the sensor's conversion grain, allowing the picture to be taken using an optimal uh, ISO, low ISO for brighter outdoors or high for dimmer indoors. Unlike Smart ISO, which uses readouts from a single ISO per picture, Smart ISO Pro, which uses an intra-scene dual conversion gain or IDGRCG solution, takes readouts from both high and low ISO to instantly create high dynamic range images with fewer motion artifacts. In addition, in extreme low light, Smart ISO Pro quickly takes and processes multiple frames in high ISO, raising the light sensitivity close to 1 million ISOs and taking mobile night photography to greater heights. Camera experiences can be more fun and creative with the GN2, where precious moments can be captured more dramatically, and everyday events can be turned into short videos. The GN2 supports full HD videos at 480 frames per second, or 4K at 120 frames per second, enabling wider possibilities for mobile video shooting. The Samsung ISOCELL GN2 is currently in mass production. So this is definitely an exciting bit of industry news, um, and it doesn't surprise me. Samsung is always innovating when it comes to image sensors and trying to push the envelope to give their consumers more and more capabilities with their smartphone cameras. So we'll have to see how this uh, works out when they start releasing phones that are equipped with this new GN2 sensor. Next up, Canon production issues to be resolved by the end of March. I have spoken to multiple retailers in Canada, Europe, and the United States, and it appears that Canon has been informing them that camera and lens inventory issues will likely be resolved by the end of March. No one went into great detail, as I'm sure Canon didn't either. We can assume that the supply chain is going to improve to normal levels following the Chinese New Year and quarantine regulations for factories. With that, we can get ready for major camera and lens announcements in and around June. One retailer did mention that there would be a new and be new NDA signed in April or May. I was told a while ago the first half of 2021 would be a bit boring, but the second half of the year could be quite exciting. So it does sound like Canon is getting close to getting back to normal on their production levels. So hopefully their new cameras and lenses will start getting easier and easier to find. And last up from Canon Rumors for this week, Industry News, Rode announces the next generation Wireless Go 2. Rode today announced the Rode Wireless Go 2 system, the world's smallest wireless microphone system. The new system offers 2.4 gigahertz digital transmission with 128-bit encryption, which delivers up to 200 meters of extra range over the previous iteration. The Wireless Go 2 system also offers more than 24 hours of onboard recording in each transmitter. This can save you from dropouts and other audio recording failures. The new Wireless Go 2 system retails for $299 US and should begin shipping worldwide very soon. Key features of the Wireless Go 2 dual-channel wireless microphone system record two sound sources simultaneously or use as a single-channel wireless microphone. 
The all-new Series 4 2.4 GHz digital transmission with 128-bit encryption delivers an extended range of 200 meters line of sight, optimized for extremely stable operation in dense RF environments. The 3.5mm analog TRS output, USB-C, and iOS digital audio output, universal compatibility with cameras, mobile devices, and computers. Onboard recording capability, record over 24 hours of audio direct to each transmitter as a failsafe against dropouts and other audio issues. The ability to switch between mono or stereo recording modes, record each channel separately or combine them for ultimate flexibility in post-production. Flexible gain control, three-stage pad, expandable to 10-stage pad. Safety channel records a second channel at minus 20 dB as a backup in case the main channel distorts. Complete controls over all features and functions via the Road Central app. Inbuilt rechargeable lithium-ion batteries up to 7 hours of battery life plus a power saver mode. Designed and made in Road state-of-the-art manufacturing facilities in Sydney, Australia. And you can pre-order the Rode Wireless Go 2 system at Adorama at the link in the show notes for this article. So that is definitely exciting. I currently have the Rode Wireless Go original system. And it sounds like this might be an upgrade that I may be interested in picking up for my documentary work. I'll have to wait and see, but it does sound intriguing. And it is some exciting news from Rode. And now let's head on over to Nikon rumors for this week. First up, two new 7 Artisan lenses for Nikon Z-mount, the 35mm f5.6 Pancake and 7 Artisan 7.5mm f2.8 Mark II Fisheye. 7 Artisans has introduced these two new mirrorless lenses for the Nikon Z-mount, the 35mm f5.6 Pancake for full frame and 7 Artisan 7.5mm f2.8 II Fisheye for APS-C cameras. Both lenses can be purchased from the Photo Rumors online store with free international shipping. The seven artisan lenses are now available. You can get more info, including specs, MTF, and samples, sample images. Please select Nikon Z mount from the drop down to get all of the details. And of course, I'll include a link to this article in the show notes so my listeners can check it out for themselves. Next up, Funleader announced a new and updated version of their 18mm f8 cap lens for the Nikon Z-mount. Funleader announced a new and updated version of their 18mm f8 cap lens for Nikon Z-mount. You can see previous versions in the article. The price is $199 and orders can be placed directly at the official Funleader website with international shipping. Additional information, including specifications and MTF chart, can be found at a link in this article. Update, I'm not 100% sure, but it seems like the new lens is for Leica M-mount only, and you can get an adapter for Nikon Z-mount for an extra $29. I'm waiting on confirmation from Funleader. Now, this is interesting because Funleader does already make this lens in a native RF mount, and I have ordered one because I'm going to be doing a video review on it for my YouTube channel. I'm just waiting for it to get here. Uh, it is shipping from China, and it seems to be taking forever. Supposedly, it's going to be delivered by this coming Wednesday, March 3rd, but I'll have to wait and see. Now, I do find it interesting that to get the Z-mount edition is $199 because the RF-mount model was only $149, so 
interesting that it's $50 more and might actually only be a L mount and require another $29 adapter. Kind of expensive to get that cap lens to use on a Nikon Z mount if that is true. Next up, Nikon presentation at the 2021 CP Plus show. Quote, we plan to release many new products this year. Nikon did not introduce any new products at the 2021 CP Plus show, and this explains the lack of rumors and leaks in the past few weeks. Nikon had several online presentations during the show. Here are some of the main points all Google translated. We are still, uh, there are still challenges in mirrorless that we would like to take on on various challenges. Among them, the Z-mount system is considered to be a system with great potential for new creation because of its larger diameter and short flange back. Taking advantage of this mount system, we would like to evolve the body and lens and develop products that will impress our customers. We plan to release many new products this year as well. Nikon also talked in a translated recap about their new one-inch sensor. Quote, laminated sensors are not in the stage of commercialization immediately, but we will consider commercialization from now on. End quote. Nikon plans to have a total of 27 lenses and two teleconverters on the Z-Lens roadmap by 2022. Nikkor Z-Lens roadmap, Prime S lenses, an 85S, a 400S, and a 600S, Prime lenses of a 28mm and 40mm, Micro lens and a 50mm, uh, focal length, zoom lenses at a 24 to 105 S, a 100 to 400 S, a 200 to 600 S, and a DX 18 to 140 millimeters. So this is definitely intriguing. It sounds like Nikon is still working hard on their Z lens roadmap to try to get more lenses to market. Hopefully they'll be successful. Like I said, Nikon's been faltering a lot in the last few years, losing money and so on. And they are falling behind technologically in the mirrorless full frame space as their eye detect autofocus is still quite poor when compared to the far superior Canon and Sony eye detect autofocus systems. Next up, Nikon just released firmware update version 1.10 for Nikon Z62 and Z72 cameras. Nikon officially released the long-awaited firmware update for their cameras. The Nikon Z62 firmware version 1.10 added 3840 by 2160 60p and 3840 by 2160 50p to the options available for frame size and rate in the movie shooting menu. More information is available in the portions of the reference manual complete instructions devoted to this feature. CF Express XQD memory cards, a card with a maximum data transfer rate of 250 megabits per second or faster, is recommended for recording and playback of movies at a frame size of 3840 by 2160, which is 4K UHD, 60 or 50 frames. SD memory cards, a UHS Speed Class 3 or better card with a maximum data transfer rate of 250 megabits a second or faster is recommended for recording and playback of movies at frame size of 4K UHD 60 or 50p. Improved eye detect performance in auto area AF people and wide area AF L people AF area modes. Support for raw video output is available via free for service upgrade and firmware version 1.10 adds support under this service for Blackmagic Design external video recorders, currently the Video Assist 5-inch, 12G HDR, and Video Assist 7-inch 12G HDR. 
If you have already purchased the raw video output upgrade for your camera, updating to firmware version 1.10 will add support for Blackmagic Design external video recorders automatically. Note, however, that raw video output is not available at a resolution of 4K UHD 60 or 50p. Users of Apple's Final Cut Pro 10 version 4.9 or, or 10.4.9 or later can now display and adjust ISO sensitivity and color temperature for ProRes raw footage output to Atomos Ninja 5 external recorders using the fee-for-service raw video output upgrade. Before filming raw video, choose an option for HDMI, advanced raw output options, raw output type in the setup menu based on the type of recorder connected. Select type A for Ninja 5 recorders and type B for video assist recorders. Fixed an issue that sometimes prevented the camera downloading location data via SnapBridge when used with an MB-N11 power battery pack. The raw video output upgrade is available on a fee-for-service basis. For more information, contact a Nikon authorized sales representative. And I'm not going to give the rundown for uh, Z7 II firmware version 1.10 because it's all pretty much the same data, so there's not much point in repeating myself. Next up, Atomus Ninja 5 firmware update 10.6.2 released with added ProRes RAW support for Z6.2 and Z7.2 cameras. The new firmware update for the Nikon Z62 and Z72 cameras uh, has been released. Atomus already released their new firmware update for the Ninja 5 recording monitor with added ProRes RAW support for the Z62 and Z72 mirrorless cameras. Quote, we're pleased to release Atomus 10.62, which includes added support for full adjustment of white balance and ISO in ProRes RAW for the Z62 and Z72 users in addition to other fixes. Please note this update requires your Nikon camera to be updated to firmware version 1.10, which will be released on the 25th, which it already has been via the Nikon website. 10.62 also comes with fixes. Enabled RGB Parade and Vertiscope, which were previously disabled in firmware version 10.61. RGB Parade and Vertiscope are now available in all codecs and all video modes. The video modes affected were 4K UHD, 4K DCI below 2997 frames per second, and 2K DCI HD video modes below 60 frames per second. Fixed an issue where the Ninja 5 would sometimes not detect a 6K raw video signal from the Zcam E2-S6, Zcam E2-F6, and Zcam E2-F8 in ProRes raw mode. Corrected a character issue relating to Ninja 5 aid when activating codecs or functions via my.atomus.com. Atomus OS version 10.6.2 for Ninja 5 can be downloaded from the link in this article. And last up from Nikon rumors for this week, sale LifePixel camera infrared conversions and Nikon converted cameras, coupon codes included. For a limited time, LifePixel is offering 25% off on any infrared or other camera conversion with the coupon code 10DAY2021A or $100 off on their already converted cameras, plenty of Nikon DSLR and mirrorless. 
with coupon code 10DAY2021B. You can read about the different types of conversions in an accompanying link. And there is also a LifePixel YouTube video that you can check out for yourself. So this is definitely interesting. I know there's a, a handful of companies that do these infrared conversions for existing cameras. You have to ship your camera off to then pay a fee. And I believe they've removed specific filters from the sensors so that you can use the camera for infrared photography and videography. It's definitely interesting. I'm not sure I'd ever have that done to one of my cameras, but I know there are quite a few people that are really into the whole infrared uh, camera technology and conversions. All right, and now we're gonna take a short break and then we'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. So now we're moving over to Fuji Rumors for this week. First up, DP Review Studio test scene 150 megapixel phase one XF IQ4 versus Fujifilm GFX 100 s versus the Sony A7R4 versus Panasonic S1R versus Fujifilm XT4. A few days ago, DP Review added the Phase 1 XF IQ4 150 megapixel camera to their studio test scene database. So how does this $50,000 monster compare to our humble Fujifilm GFX100 and, since, uh, and hence also the brand new $6,000 Fujifilm GFX100S? Well, I don't know you, but I frankly can't see any noticeable differences. In some cases, I even think the GFX100 looks better. At high ISO, on the other hand, the GFX100 clearly performs better than the Phase 1 XF IQ4, even though the sensor is the same, just cut bigger on the Phase 1. This might be in part merit of the excellent Fujinon GF lenses, which have no issues to take advantage of all 100 megapixels offered by the GFX 100 and 100S. On the other hand, it might also be that both cameras just resolve basically everything possible out of the DPR studio scene. I did also add the two current highest resolution mirrorless full frame cameras to the comparison, the 61 megapixel Sony A7R4 and the 47 megapixel Panasonic S1R to the chart. Where both medium format cameras simply have no issues to resolve everything out of the chart, we can see that the full frame cameras definitely show up with more false colors, moire, and artifacts in the fine details. Just for fun, I added one comparison with the Fujifilm X-T4 versus the A7R4 and the Panasonic S1R. Of course, the Sony and Panasonic have more resolution power, but when details become really fine, and hence, when all those megapixels would be really needed, in some areas, the Sony a7R4 as well as the Panasonic have a tendency to show more moir, partially ruining the megapixel advantage they have where the X-T4 shows no moir. 
As an ex-trans lover, I do hope Fujifilm will stick with it in their APS-C cameras and offer us something around 32 megapixels or more in the near future. Maybe with the Fujifilm X-H2, I am sure it would give great results. Down below, you can see some of the screenshots I took. You can head on over to DPR or DRP Studio comparison tool and make your own comparisons. The Fujifilm GFX100S is available at BH Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. The GFX100 is available from the same retailers except for Moment, and the Fujifilm XT4 is available at BH Photo, Adorama, and Amazon US. Save $500 via mail-in rebate on the GF110 F2 at B&H Photo, Amazon, Adorama, and Focus Camera on the GF32-64 F4 at the same retailers and the GF45-100 F4 at the same retailers. So it is interesting that they did the comparison between especially the Phase 1 and the Fujifilm GFX100 cameras. And it looks like the GFX100 cameras were actually a little bit better in, re in resolving uh, images with less artifacts. But it's definitely an intriguing comparison. I wish I had the uh, fortune to be able to play around with a $50,000 medium format camera. But yeah, my pockets aren't quite that deep. Next up, focus on glass. Fujinon XF 70 to 300 millimeter takes advantages or advantage from APS-C size in Fuji X Passion review. I like the focus on glass series of Fujifilm, short to the point, with the right mix of quick technical insights as well as field uh, field experience by photographers. And while today we will focus on the brand new Fujifilm XF70-300 f4-5.6 lens, which I believe will become a terrific bestseller for Fujifilm, we invite you to check out also the previous Focus on Glass episodes. Uh, let's see the summary and, and Fuji X Passion Review, silent and high-speed autofocus. Fujifilm's goal was also to create a small lens. They redesigned the OIS and made it 15% smaller. It was challenging to reduce the OIS by 15% and maintain the five and a half stop performance, but they did manage to achieve it. It's light, portable, and strong OIS make handheld shooting very easy. Minimum focus distance of 83 millimeters allows uh, you to shoot telemacro-like shots. You can make interesting images of flowers and insects. It works with the 1.4 times and the two times teleconverters lightweight telephoto zoom that benefits from the size of the APS-C system. With the two times teleconverter, you get 900 millimeter focal uh, full frame equivalent at the long end that still fits easily in your camera bag. So that is definitely intriguing and it sounds like this is going to be a super popular Fuji lens. You can pre-order the XF70-300 4-5.6 at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. Next up, small rig L-brackets for the Fujifilm GFX100S and Fujifilm X-E4 pre-orders with discount. Small Rig has just made the small rig L-brackets for the Fujifilm GFX100S and the X-E4 available for pre-order with a limited time discount. You can place your order for the small rig bracket for the 100S, save $10, and the small rig bracket for the XE4, save $10. Small rig offers a vast variety of L brackets and cages for Fujifilm cameras. You can see the various options at the link in this article and check them all out for yourself. 
Next up, breaking, Fujifilm currently not working on a Fujinon XF35 f1.4 Mark II lens. Just recently, we shared the news about a patent showing a Fujinon XF35 f1.4 Mark II. I did warn you already in that article, attention, don't get too excited about it, as this is just a patent. And as with many other patents, it may never see the light of day. Remember the XF16-55 f2.8 OIS, anyone? Well, after the article, multiple trusted sources immediately reached out to Fuji Rumors and told me that Fujifilm is currently not working on a Fujinon XF 35mm f1.4 Mark II. Pay attention, currently not working does not mean Fujifilm will never make a lens of this type. What it means is that right now, Fujifilm is investing zero money and time into an XF35 Mark II, and 100% of their X-mount lens R&D goes into other X-glass. What will really come? Surely the XF18 F1.4, Fujifilm is also working on a Fujinon XF150-600. What else? Well, I'll let you know on Fuji Rumors soon enough. You can order the XF35 original F1.4 at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, and Focus Camera. So it looks like the Mark II edition is not coming anytime soon, even though there is a patent in the wild for it. Next up, X-Lab Fujifilm XE4 Development Part 2, designed to make you want to carry it always with you. We did cover the first part of the Fujifilm XE4 development in a previous article. The focus there was on why Fujifilm made certain design choices. Now Fujifilm shared part two of the Fujifilm XE4 development story. It's again in Japanese, and again we rely on Google's automatic translation tool. Much gets lost in the automatic translation tool this time, but there is one sentence I'd like to highlight, quote, it's really important to have a camera that you want to carry around with you, end quote. For me, this sums up my XE4 line shooting or XE line shooting experience. The combination of the XE3 and 27 millimeter results in such a small package that it is with me just everywhere. For example, in pre-COVID times, when my brother asked me if I could pick up his kids after school, I always did so with my XE3 and 27 millimeter. No strap, no bag, no nothing. Just put it in my pocket of my jacket, and you never know. Maybe there will be an interesting image to take on the way. And if not, uh, peace. I didn't even notice the weight and size of the XE3 and the 27mm when it, they were in my pocket anyways. All I needed to make my everyday snapshot photography life perfect was an aperture ring on the XF27 2.8 and finally Fujifilm delivered. One day when the hard lockdown we were forced into again, uh, when photography stores will open again and I can leave my uh, 1,000 Seoul small village again, I'll run to my local store and grab that new 27 millimeter. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't just order it online and have it delivered. Seems like that would be a lot easier and he could have that new lens to play with now. And last up from Fujifilm, uh, Fuji rumors for this week, the Fujifilm XE4 owner's manual is available. They've released the owner's manual. It's available in English, Japanese, and Chinese. The Japanese and English versions are available in PDF and HTML. The Chinese version is HTML only. There is also a version that Fuji calls multi, but it's just the English version. What you have to do is go to this HTML page of the manual. Then on the top right, Fujifilm added a Google Translate box. Select your language and let Google translate the manual for you. 
Not sure how well that'll work because Google Translate isn't always the most accurate. Uh, XE4 accessories. You can get the Fujifilm XE4 at B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment. You can get the BLC-XE4 leather case at B&H Photo, Amazon, and Adorama. You can get the MHG-XE4 hand grip at the same three retailers. You can get the TR-XE4 thumb rest from the same three retailers. You can get the XF 27mm F2.8R WR from B&H Photo, Amazon US, Adorama, Focus Camera, and Moment, as well as the XF 70-300 F4-5.6, available from the same Five retailers, and that is going to wrap up Fuji rumors for this week. And we are getting ready to head on over to Sony Alpha rumors. All right, first up from Sony Alpha rumors for this week: Nisi 15 millimeter f 4.0 FE lens review by Mark Adelheff. Quote: A very good lens. Mark Idlehav from SonyAlpha.blog tested the new Nisi 15mm f4 lens. Quote, the Nisi 15mm f4, the first lens from Nisi, is a very good ultra-wide angle, combining very good sharpness, very nice sun stars, low distortion, compatibility with standard filter and 100mm filter holding systems, all that at a very reasonable price of €479. Quote, uh, end quote. Compared to its closest competitors in terms of size and price, the Laowa 14mm f4, 670 euros, and the Voigtlander 15mm f4.5 for 699 euros, the Nisi offers the best balance of performance. It has less field curvature than the Laowa, a better center sharpness than the Voigtlander, and is the only one with a removable lens hood to allow a standard filter holder. It is a little bit bigger than the other two, but stays quite compact, and it is the cheapest option out of the three, and Mark highly recommends it. So that is a rave review for Mark Adelhaf for the new Nisi 15mm f4 lens for the Sony mount. Next up, nice Sony A1 picks by Fengio, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or not. If not, I apologize. Uh, you can pre-order the Sony A1 at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon, and Focus Camera. The Sony Xperia 5G Pro at B&H Photo, Adorama, and Amazon. The Sony A1 in Europe at Photo Earnhardt, Denmark, Calumet, Denmark, Photo Koch, Denmark, Park UK, and Wex UK. Uh, the Chinese website Fungayo posted these nice pics of the new Sony A1. There are a lot of photographs here of the Sony A1, and they look absolutely fantastic. If you're interested in the possibility of buying this camera, I highly recommend you check out this article so you can see all of the amazing images for yourself. They are quite impressive. Next up, rumors Sony 50mm f1.2 GM will be announced on March 16th. Flash poll, will you buy it? I have been told that Sony will announce the new 50mm f1.2 GM lens, the SEL50 f1.2 GM on March 16th. Now, let us all know. Will you consider buying this lens or not? Yes or no? And you can vote in this poll, which is currently active, as well as click the link to view the results of who might be interested or how many people might be interested in it and how many might not. Next up, Sigma confirms, quote, a DGDN sport zoom lens is in development. Uh, 
Now, this article is from February 26. Today, Sigma streamed a new CP Plus chat video, and they made it clear that there is a new, quote, DGDN sport zoom lens in development. Could it be the 70-200 f2.8 that was rumored for some time now? Um, you can also check out the official video uh, in the link in this article in the show notes so you can see it for yourself. Next up, Sony A1 Review Roundup. Uh, let's see here. Here is a Dropbox link to GNG files that can be viewed in Lightroom converted from the Sony ARW files by Mark Gaylor. The Sony A1 added the studio test scenes for stills and video by DP Review. Sony A1 First Shots browse our sample photos from Sony supercharged 50 megapixel flagship camera from Imaging Resource. An excellent camera that's overkill for most, Sony A1 Review, the photo blog, uh, photographer. And there is also uh, a video here from Tony and Chelsea Northrup on the Sony A1 as well. There's several videos in this article. You can check them all out for yourself by going to this article in this week's show notes. And last up from Sony Alpha Rumors for this week, Sony confirms in DP Review interview, we will launch other cameras this year. DP Review had a long chat with Sony manager, Masaki Oshima, there are so many interesting points that it's best you jump over to DP Review to read it all. From a purely rumor point of view, I will report this. Mr. Uh, Masaki said, we will, quote, we will launch other cameras this year, hinting that multiple E-mount cameras are on the roadmap, which is absolutely exciting. And of course, you can head on over to the full article from DP Review to get everything that they talked about in that interview. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. And that is going to wrap up this week's episode of the Liam Photography Podcast, episode 134. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. I also wanted to remind my listeners that the first book from the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia in the Northwest Counties is now available at the liamphotography.net online store. If you want to get a signed copy, there is a coupon code that you can get from the Facebook group. Um, also, you can buy an unsigned copy on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Now, I did want to also mention before I close this episode, I did recently get set up as a media person, uh, media personality, whatever you want to call it, with Fujifilm North America. And they were kind enough to send me a copy of the GF 23 millimeter lens, F4 lens for my 
50R. And I will be filming the next couple of weeks of my Forgotten Pieces of Georgia project using this lens to see how it performs in comparison to my Laowa 17mm f4. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I'll probably put up a preview video in the next day or two, and then I'll do my full video review. That'll release later on down the road. So make sure you stop by Liam Photography YouTube channel. I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode. Hit the like and subscribe and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified when that video releases. And I will see you all again in another seven days.